listeners. Thanks for joining us again on Yeah Aha uh-huh with Lisa and Phil. And Aaron, our co-host, is running a little late, but I'm sure he'll be joining us shortly. This week, we're talking to the band Ludlow Creek. Ludlow Creek. Um, they also used to be uh, called Southbound, in case you want to find their music. With Southbound, they were more of a cover band. With Ludlow Creek, they're doing original music. Right. Um, welcome, lady and gentlemen. Yeah. So let's go ahead and well today. introduce them. We've got yep. Jeffrey Friend. Mm-hmm. Hello. We've got Michelle and Tom. Uh, is it Scarpello? Scarpelli. 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 And we've got Dave B. Dave, Dave Benson. Benson. Yeah. Okay. So we've got, uh, wow. Do we got everybody? Wow. We're no. One person today. Alan could not make it. He's uh, our other guitarist. That's mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I greatly appreciate all of you guys coming. You know, it's um, an honor to have you, have you all here. Um, uh, so you have two guitarists. Do you have a, a bass player? Yes, I'm the bass player. Oh, okay. Okay. And so we, two guitarists, a bass player, a drummer, and Michelle, I can't remember. Keyboards. Know, keyboards. And um, and the interesting thing about um, this band is they're all vocalists. Right. Right. You all share in the vocals. Correct. Right. So we should mention that they're based out of Dayton, Ohio, mm-hmm. and have a very... A pretty good uh, fan base already. Mm-hmm. You've been at this game for a while. So... I wonder, uh, are you all like, okay, Jeffrey, are you a native Daytonian or no, you talked about, uh, you, you were, uh, your residence is a little bit further North than Dayton, right? Yeah. I'm just outside of the city, uh, about 20 minutes North. I was born in Troy, Ohio, which is, uh, about five minutes North of where I live now in tip city. Yeah. So always been a resident here. Uh, always been a musician here. Always been playing here. And Michelle and Tom, you, you two are a couple, right? Is that correct? Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, are you da- uh, from Dayton or um, Ohioans na- natively? Or I'm I'm originally from Springfield, and now we live in Dayton. Or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we live in Xenia. Xenia, okay. It's just east of Dayton. Right, right. right. The the famous, notor- uh, infamous tornado ripped through there at one point. In the alley. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> right. Terrible event. And uh, Dave, well, I'm from yeah, Dayton. Well. Oh, okay. So you're just from Dayton. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And our axe slinger Dave here. Uh, I, I'm originally from Xenia, but for the past several years, I've lived in a little town called Fairborn, northeast of Dayton, just a few miles down the road. Right. Now, how did you all get together? Hmm. No, my southern is showing. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's a, an interesting story. Um, we actually go back. Um, originally, the, the first pieces to come together were back about 25 years ago. Um, and we, we all have loved music all our lives. Um, we played music off and on. Um, myself, I played since high school. And um, it got, got to the point where I got out of college. We used to gig um, bands that I was in. And uh, when you get married, have a family, can't really do the gigs late night, et cetera, et cetera, anymore. So um, my brother, who was in the band with me uh, early on, um, he was the first one to get his own house. He was a bachelor for many years and he started having parties and we play a couple times a year at his parties. And that sort of kept us together playing music because, you know, life gets in the way if you're busy doing things and you don't have a reason to practice, um, you, you excuses come up and you just don't do it. So he started having parties and uh, one of his friends brought this guy along. His name is Alan Seals. 
Mm-hmm. And you would love to meet these guys at this party. And so we met him at the first time. We started putting together a little bit of a little a band to to do those kind of things. You know, once every three, four, six months, something like that, and play. Uh, then later, probably another I don't know eight to ten years later, my brother um, he gets married and he can't really have those parties anymore. And he's a drummer, uh, so at one of those parties he. Um, had to bow out. So a friend of mine that was in a band knew this guy named Jeff Friend. Mm-hmm. So he introduced us to Jeff. And uh, so that's how we got to know that's Jeff. Friend. <laughs> I, I missed that. I'm sorry. Turned out to be a good friend. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My friend and yours. <laughs> and, and so um, years later, um, I, you know, by happenstance run into uh, Dave um, and invited him to one of our parties because I, you know, heard that Dave was into music, um, met Dave through work, and sure enough, to one of these parties, uh, it was at our house. Um, by the way, I just happened to find Dave. I've got a, a photograph of you playing the very first time he came over. I didn't even know I had it. just found it the other day. And uh, anyway, so he came over, and so I brought Dave to um, Jeff and Alan and Michelle because we had done these parties for a while. Jeff was in another band, and he said, hey, this is really cool. Um, do you guys want to take it on the road? Well, we were apprehensive, but um, Jeff was in a band and they had a couple of gigs coming up. The singer just said, guys, I'm, I'm leaving town. I'm out of here. And so Jeff asked if we could go ahead and fill some of that show. And so we all went out to play and we decided, hey, let's, let's give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And is it that exact moment of time when I met uh, Dave and you know, brought him to the party, introduced him to the band and here we are. Jeff, Dave, do you want to, I know that was sort of a condensed version because it was over many years, but you guys want to chime in on anything else? Uh, well, uh, we had just, as Tom said, we just lost our singer. And so we could only do about half of a show. So I thought, you know, let's ask Tom and Michelle and Alan and see if, if we can put this thing together and, and try to at least cover half a show so that we could continue to do the gigs that we had scheduled. Uh, and we had a blast. It was just so much fun. The best part about it was the very first gig, Alan's horn on his sob got stuck out in the parking lot. Uh, so we were a little late getting on the stage because Alan was out fixing the horn on his sob. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, story. we've had that happen. <laughs> that is not fun. Not fun, no. no. But made for a memorable you know, the car had an alarm. <laughs> it was that we'd had it for 10 years, and we didn't know it had an alarm, and the alarm started going off. <laughs> and we, we were like... But, but there's no alarm and there was nothing. I mean, there wasn't like anybody around. It was, in, it was just sitting in our driveway. Well, it's not nearly but, as embarrassing yeah. as the time we sat down in the wrong car and oh, found yeah. out the key didn't fit because it was just, it was the same model. It was somebody, and, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So we, uh, we, we got out. <laughs> Nobody, did anybody really see us? No, thank no, God. No, thank God. There, there was another time I did get so, into a van with a complete stranger because um, it, it was our model. It, we had a Kia Sedona, a dark blue Kia Sedona, and it was a dark blue Kia Sedona, and Philip wasn't there yet, and I got into the van with the wrong person. We can get off on and some tangents. And he pulled up right then and there, yeah. so let's get back to the subject. Yeah, Jack, mm-hmm. so you were, you were saying about the uh-huh. sob. Okay. Yeah, about the sob. And oh, the, no, it just, it just made a really, really good story, uh, and from that moment on, it's just been nothing but really, really good stories. <laughs> awesome. Hello, everybody. We love How you doing? Uh, 
Uh, this is Aaron Leckinger. He's our co-host. Sorry, Aaron, we got started before you because everybody was here. Yeah. Um, and Philip didn't want to, you know, take Wait. up all their time unnecessarily. Aaron's a pretty casual guy. I figured yeah. he would not have his uh, feathers yeah. ruffled too much. We went ahead and started. No. But he's a Cincinnati yeah. native as well. And he's uh, living in Thousand Oaks, California now. But we grew up together. He uh, is a Norwood native. Both Philip and Aaron were born in Norwood and went through the Norwood school system. No, I was not born in Norwood. Oh, that's right. You were not. I'm sorry. I apologize. Aaron is a transplant. He's a nomad. Yeah, he he came to Norwood in junior high, and they've been friends ever since. Yeah, born in Green Hills. I was was born in Deer Park, Then I lived in Green Hills since I was a baby. And I lived in the house we bought from you, actually, without knowing it. Mm -hmm. His parents bought our house when my parents sold it in Green Hills, uh, and just a you know, big coincidence. And then he yeah. met Philip and then Philip and I, I figured, met. I figured it out at their reception. Yep. Yeah. Philip and I met in our mid twenties. Um, we should talk a little bit about your music. And so I think the first thing that I saw was the uh, new um, track for your upcoming album, Stony Lonesome Road. Mm-hmm. And there's a video for it. A very well produced kind of beautiful video. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, really, really liked that song um you want to talk there's a story to it 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 seems to be about a man that's reflecting on his uh life and how it relates to this you know his his home his boyhood home and the you know the road that led into town i guess so um i don't know uh first of all who wrote the song well that that song was written uh by the guy who directed that video okay ray monell um, Ray and I have worked together. Ray's a video producer. I've done audio for years and years and years. And I used to do, uh, audio with him, uh, on gigs. We've, like I say, worked together for years and Ray writes these songs and writes lyrics and sends them over to me. And then I try to create songs out of them. And we've been doing this for years. We've written jingles and stuff for conferences and we've done all kinds of fun stuff. So this is a story about his dad, um, the place where his dad grew up, which was in West Virginia on Stony Lonesome Road. Um, there was a house on Stony Lonesome Road where he grew up. In fact, he still goes back there occasionally. Uh, he grew up there um, with, you know, he, his dad grew up there. He would go back and spend time with his cousin who lived right down the street as, as a youngster, you know, and when it, as a teenager. And they got into all kinds of trouble down there. But he wrote this song about about his his father and his father was confined to a wheelchair and uh, had always, you know, Ray always wished that he could run. Uh, and so that was part of, of where, where this, this story went. Was uh, the video and, shot there at Stony Lonesome Road? No, it was shot here uh, locally um, because shot we, in Dayton. Not, we couldn't, we didn't have the budget to take a whole crew down to, to Stony Lonesome Road and shoot. In addition, he said the house is in pretty bad shape at this point. It's, uh, it's mm-hmm. seen some decay over the years so the family uh, we, still owns it families uh, no the family doesn't own it anymore it's out of the family and somebody else lo- owns it that's yeah. another difficulty there then yeah <laughs> but uh no we shot it locally and uh, i brought the brought the song once i, I kind of sketched out a demo for the song i brought it to the band and um you know the guys just took it to another place for us uh it was it's it's an interesting story and it's a it was a really interesting story with it with with putting this together yeah. So it's got a signature sound. You guys have a signature sound that, that I've noticed because mm-hmm. we listen to 
the entirety of uh, the hands of time and we listen to stony lonesome road i detect a lot of bob dylan influence actually and uh, um, anything with mandolin i'm usually all in yeah i wanted to ask about the mandolin but since helen's not here frat him Look in the mirror and I'm eight years old And out my bedroom window Spring flowers start to grow Then barefoot I go running Down stony lonesome road I look in the mirror, 19 years old out my bedroom window, a summer wind softly blows. With my sweetheart, I go walking down stony lonesome road. Stony lonesome road. Whippoorwills and sunshine. Cottontails and grapevines, my mother and father smile on stony lonesome road. Stony lonesome road. I look in the mirror how the years they unfold. On a colorful show Now watch my children Playing On stony Lonesome road Whipping wheels And sunshine Cottontails and grapevines My mother and father Smile On stony
Well, they may have picked up a few things, you know, yeah. being on stage with him. Yeah. The mandolin, okay. So did he start with the mandolin or did he start with guitar and go to mandolin? Does anybody know? Yeah. He's Please? a guitar player by nature. Um, I think he had dabbled in mando, but it was really uh-huh. introduced into the band, started doing uh, the Rod Stewart tune, Maggie May. Um, yeah. If I remember correctly, you guys help me out if I'm if I'm not remembering correctly. But we added uh, that mando mandolin to that song, and it it really uh, kind of got Alan going to learn to play a little more seriously. And uh, cool. now mandolin is it's a part of several of our tunes now. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. I can hear that now. The intro to Maggie May. Yeah, definitely can hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, okay. I I yeah. think that hands of time. I don't think it quite has mandolin in it. But I think it would go well in the part of the chorus where the keyboards do those ascending little notes and have the little mandolin right along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a question about, I had two questions about what about love? Um, Number one, is that, do you consider it uh, more, more social commentary or more political commentary? I think it's just commentary in general. uh, The, with the, the, the feel of the nation right now. Uh, there's, we're clearly divided in every way possible, um, in every way possible. Uh, and so that's a commentary on virtually everything that's going on right now. It's, uh, yeah. it's a little crazy right now, at least from yeah. my perspective, um, from growing up uh, in this country, uh, it's a lot different these days. And so yeah. uh, we just wanted to express a little hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a really nice song. I, I appreciate it. It definitely addresses a lot of the divide in a good way. Yeah. Um, the other question I have about what about love is um, Hart has a song. What about love? What kind of conflict is there in having the same title? Well, it's, it's, it's common. There's lots of different. Yeah, yeah I, I just heard the other day that it's not. Somebody uh, mentioned it is not any kind of copyright infringement. Any anything like that. Titles are are totally. Fair okay. game. You can, unless yeah. you unless you uh, claim the title. I don't. I think you maybe know? you don't want to do it the same year. Well, no. Yeah. Like yeah. at least that's the way it is what with I, movies. What about so you can Love have the same title, but it's been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I, I got a vibe of uh, that Bob Dylan's son's band, The Wallflowers, had that Sixth Avenue heartache. That that song kind of has the same shape. Same. Oh, I love that too. song. That's a good. Mm-hmm. That's a really good song. Yeah, yeah. that is a good but, song. Yeah. yeah, but there's like just a menagerie of sounds. Like a lot, there's a lot of there's a lot there. You know, mm-hmm. you got two guitars. Players. Yeah, the mandolin. Mm-hmm. You're talking about mm-hmm. I, one of the things that I think in listening to the Hands of Time, one of the things that um, takes me back is the keyboard playing. Um, it it really uh, you know kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the Doobie Brothers or uh, I'm thinking of the Almond Brothers. You know that sound. That kind of rich sound of the keyboards under, under underlying the guitar playing and everything, and that would be Michelle's wheelhouse right there. That's her. That's her instrument. And Aaron, you had a question about that about the the type of keyboard. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was wondering is that is that a Hammond that sound that's on? Uh, what is it? How can I bleed? How I can bleed. I can bleed. It's it's um, my keyboards are are both Yamaha. I have mm-hmm. an MOX uh, six. 
And then and X61. Yeah. <laughs> I and should so, yeah, that right. Well, and so it just has, you know, a, a mere, what's the reason why we got them? It's got a myriad of, of the motif sounds. Mm-hmm. So it does a great job in replicating voices. So right. whether it's a D3 or a Hammond or, a, you know, a Whirly. Um, yeah. And so literally we'll start a demo of a song and Michelle will just start selecting, you know, different um, voices and, you know, what's going to fit. Um, sometimes Jeff has a, you know, great su- you know, suggestions as to, hey, why don't you try this? And then, you know, we'll just look to find the one that has the right warmth and feel. Right. But I mean, that's what, what you usually do. So, yeah. yeah. I do. You bring both keyboard sets to every uh, gig? Yes. Yes, I do. Because yeah. um, you've probably noticed I sometimes do a sax sound or sometimes a flute sound or, you know, it just... I couldn't possibly maneuver all that with only just one key. Well, and a lot of times she's she's playing double parts or one part will lead over top of another one or there, mm-hmm. there's always a reason to have two keyboards. Yeah, two two's a small number of keyboards. It is right. compared to a lot of people for sure. Well and I'll watch, you know, she'll on, on certain songs because there's a lot of things going on, she'll have, you know, the two keyboards and one of them will be split. So the top part of the key might be a sax and the bottom a piano and then the you know the top is a B or the other keyboards a B three and she'll literally be switching through those and on some of the more complex songs she'll have to make a switch during the middle of the song because she just doesn't have enough room so like you right. know and two keyboards sometimes isn't even enough yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big Fish fan and their oh. keyboard player Paige McConnell has uh, at least ten keyboards around yeah. him yeah. That's a huge setup. <laughs> it is. It seemed, remember um, the episode we had where David T and Mojo 3 set up in our living room here and played some music for us? They're a, and, they're a duo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're the... Uh, well, actually, they've got a full band. They do a duo thing, too, but they do gigs. Yeah, it's a full band. Now. Okay. But, they've uh, got a, a two more people. Yeah. Yeah. But um, however Maria, many people, that's the name. <laughs> Marianne yeah, is, is, is the keyboardist. Three. She's the uh-huh. keyboardist in that. And she, uh, she also sings. She brought one keyboard. And I could see her at times. They were performing some songs in her living room. And I could, you could feel her. She was itching. There was not enough that she could do with her keyboard. And eventually she turned around. And she started tapping the doors to make a percussive sound mm-hmm. while Dave was playing the guitar. And so you can see that, that, you know, she was trying to improvise and try to use whatever was at her disposal to make music there. And so that's, uh, you know, that was kind yeah, of that a was, magical moment. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that cool. was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. We went, uh, we also interviewed uh, Jeff Jamari, who's a sax player in the area. And um, he's with a new band. I don't remember the name of it right now. But um, he, uh, w- what we want to do is get him and Dave and, and, uh, and Marianne to come over for dinner and, you know, do a little jam and we can do a podcast about it. But yeah. this is about you guys. Yeah. yeah you guys so, might cross paths with them on the road here sometimes because right. they're all, they're local. Yeah. So. This is about Ludlow Creek. Yeah. Great. We have been to uh, Cincinnati uh, twice now. Uh, we've done okay. gigs in Cincinnati twice. Both at the same place. Where at? <laughs> Dave. <laughs> uh, we did two gigs at uh, Fan Zone at Great American. Okay. Great nice. times. But one of them was for the uh, 1990 Wire to Wire Championship reunion, which was really cool. Carpet laid out in front of the stage, and you know, Barry, Logan, all the guys from the team. 
they they were walking by high fiving us. Uh, Danny Jackson jumped up on stage with us. It was it was fun, right. you know. Yeah, Phil and I went to so many games that year before I yeah. right before I moved out here. I bet we went over forty ball games that year because it's the second half of the year and it looked like it was trending that way. We were just I like think I, I went to I went to thirty six. I figured out, but you went to some without me. I went to some without you. Yeah. yeah. We tried to get in to play down uh, in fan zone before Bengals game, but we haven't had any luck with that yet. Uh, got a different ownership there, different style of ownership. Yeah, you could you could go to thirty games when you could get the cheap seats for three fifty. That was the, right. that was the days. Yeah. How much are the cheap seats now, Hud? Well, I looked into the opening game the other day. It's ninety two dollars yeah. for standing room. Oh my god! But that's that's opening, that's opening day. day. That's yeah. a opening day. I mean, I don't. I, I well, you guys obviously know opening day is basically a holiday. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's not official or anything, but you know, yeah. teachers know that not much is going to be going on. Um, like, uh, it's like the price of a festival ticket as opposed to a regular single yeah. event. But I'd love to catch you guys down there at the fan zone, I guess. I mean, you can do or it again. Or wherever. Well, well, I have my eyes out for that. That would be cool. There's yeah. a lot of – you ought to reach out to uh, the brewing companies around town because a lot of them have bands come in a mm. lot, and there's a bunch of them. You know, I'm sure some of them are going to weed themselves out, um, but but there's plenty yeah. opening as new businesses. Well, why don't we go into a break by mm-hmm. playing – you mentioned it before, the song, What uh, What About Love? Mm-hmm. And we'll go into the break, play some of that. And then when we come back, we'll continue with Ludlow Creek. I called an old friend today. I didn't really have much to say Just shooting the breeze And talking about the good old days He started talking about the president And didn't think that he was making sense And I found myself on the wrong side of the fence He got mad and he hung up the phone And I just sat there all alone Wondering what on earth the world is coming to what about love? What about peace, love, and understanding? What about getting along even when we disagree? And what about parade? Putting a smile upon your face. We can make this world a better place when we start with love. Can't turn on the evening news The newspapers have divided views And I can't tell who is telling the truth They say it's darkest before the dawn But well, I'm afraid we're too far gone Cause people are happy to tell you when you're wrong, wrong, wrong But then I have to step back and think This is why society is on the brink Need a little something to hold on to What about love? What about peace, love, and understanding? What about getting along even when we disagree? What about the praise? 
What about peace, love, and understanding? What about getting along? Me, 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 me. Uh, what you me, doing me, there, hon? You, 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 you. I'm getting the pipes ready because I'm getting ready to submit my resume to MTS Management because I'm going to be a social influencer, singer, songwriter. I'm going to take the world by storm. And and Pedro promoter. And hmm. Pedro promoter, yes. Let's not forget that. Well, just think of all the great artists we've had on the podcast. We've had yeah. Ludlow Creek, Benita, yes. yes. Rhett Wicker, uh-huh. Stephanie Strange, Ananda, Vina, Shaq. It's a fabulous resource of oh, guests no. for your podcast. <laughs> if you're like me, born with immense talent and don't know what to do with it, channel it through MTS Management. That's MTS Management Group. And tell Michael that, yeah, uh uh-huh, sent you. Yeah, uh uh-huh. MTS Management. They'll work for you. So, Dave, who are... I I can kind of discern who your guitar heroes might be by looking (laughs) at your wall, but uh, why don't don't you uh, recommend a couple guitarists to our listeners? Guys like Derek Turok, Peter Frampton Van, uh, Del Dented, really probably late in, later in life than most people. I didn't start playing until I was in my late 20s. There's a big difference between hearing music and actually listening to music, and it wasn't until then that I actually started listening. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't start playing until late in my 20s, mm-hmm. and I just enjoyed listening to music. But, um, you know, listening, I think listening and hearing or hearing music and listening to music are two different things. And it wasn't until I started playing guitar that I actually started listening to music and, and really taking note of the art that was being crafted in the music. Um, and, you know, that I think just by natural progression, that causes you to start paying attention to, to players and understanding how good they are at their skill. And, uh, you know, I, I've never stopped appreciating it ever since we've, uh, we've gotten to see Tedeschi Trucks play live several times down in Nashville. Very nice. It's always just amazing to watch the members of that band do what they do. Tedeschi Trucks? Yeah, Susan mm-hmm. Tedeschi and Derek Trucks. And oh, okay, company. Tedeschi Trucks. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. Thank you. Uh, but, I mean, it's probably it's, it's hard to uh, pinpoint one favorite player, uh, but I love Derek Trucks. I love Warren Haynes. Um, Steve Lukather, Frampton. Uh, there's just so many great players. And then you can even uh, go into the country genre and guys like Keith Urban and Vince Gill, Brad Paisley. They're just tremendous players. Mm-hmm. And, and now what about the Jack White? Um, yeah, the White Stripes were never really my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just talking I, about Jack White on the whole. I mean, he's uh, he's actually bought a toy guitar and played it with no gloves and um, ended up having to slow down and, and figure it out because he was bleeding. So he's that guitar. That's, mm-hmm. You're talking about, the, well, I mean. Who plays guitar with gloves? About him. Oh, well, maybe not <laughs> gloves. I don't know. Finger things. You're, you're, you're talking about it might get loud. If you see yeah. it, might get loud. The documentary, Jack White, uh, if that is playing. A, yeah. Like, I've seen play some of those episodes. Guitar. Yeah. He, he likes to play a guitar that is hard to play. Uh, he right. enjoys yeah. uh, lower end guitars. Uh, he has a he's a tremendous writer though. He and yeah. the guys he works right. with, uh, like the Rack and Tours, that stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. 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 That's yeah, the dead weather that too. Some of us can't even think about. I mean, that's just amazing. Some of the stuff they're doing. Yeah. Well, just think about the White Stripes. I mean, a lot of people didn't think that Meg White was much of a drummer. But, um, so, I mean, when you think about it, it's mostly Jack up there with his guitar and maybe half a drummer. <laughs> and he's putting out some pretty pretty good stuff. But I like, like, Mike, Mike Campbell. That's a guy I've really become to appreciate. Oh, yeah. Got older. Yeah, another fantastic player. Yeah. Absolutely. Probably very underappreciated, you know. Yeah. A band with Tom Petty and, you know, it's hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. Everybody appreciates those hits, but uh, I mean that band, Petty's band, was full of phenomenal musicians too. The whole time that he was out, yeah, especially yeah, well, from from the documentaries we've seen, he didn't tolerate um, the he he demanded the best. I am um, yeah. not necessarily the best, best, but the best they could do. Well, as far as uh, well, I, I just like the Petty stuff, like like you said, the hits. The early on, the hits were you know. They're all hits, man. They're all hits, but then like the, the Wildflowers album and the later albums, his guitar playing was fantastic on those later albums. Room at the Top, Good to Be King, um, um, what's the Swinging? Mm-hmm. This song's all the way through. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one about the girl. One about the girl. Uh, one about the girl. Tom Petty had a song about a girl. There, there, was, a, <laughs> there was a girl's name, but I can't. American girl right now maybe i'm not you know no this was one of the later ones last dance with mary jane there goes my yeah, girl that might be it there yeah. goes my girl i, I love mary jane one. i love the video i was going through a kind of a miniature goth and i was obsessed with that video when it came out first i thought Funny. you said miniature golf but you said miniature goth so, yeah very very mild goth period you know everything was depressive and i wore dark clothes and you know she was always out at the, at the links wasn't anything fancy i didn't get it in, in the clown's mouth culture. i just i guess i i might have been like a half emo half goth kind of thing Oh, and uh, we're going to see emo. Yeah, we're we're going to see emo when we see Weird Al Yankovic in Dayton. In Dayton, yeah, August twenty third. Yeah, yeah. Opening with emo. Yeah, we're. um, She's uh, uh, she's one of the world's biggest Weird Al fans, and she's very excited. And and we share her. Yeah. Well, we got backstage passes. We're going to see him. Yeah. We went, he went backstage passes, VIP yeah. tickets. Yeah, VIP. So I've already gotten my birthday present. My birthday's in October. Tom, so we posed a question to Dave about guitarists. What about the bass? <clears throat> like John Antwistle? Yeah, who were some of your inspirations? Antwistle, yeah. you know, he's obviously phenomenal. Um, but his playing style was not really anyone that, you know, that I wanted to mimic or, or go after. Um, one of my earliest influences was, uh, Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you listen to the first, I really I was a big Sabbath fan through the first five albums, and uh, his, his playing's phenomenal, just uh, his style. <clears throat> I think I just naturally have um, picked up some of that um, from the, the kind of runs that I like to, like to play. Um, Barry Oakley, phenomenal bass player for the Allman Brothers, uh, original uh, bass player. And uh, Paul McCartney is another, you know, just a huge... Very and, underrated as a bass player. Yeah, well, I mean, just, you know, he plays 
uh, so melodically. It's, yeah. it's almost not bass. It's unbelievable. It's ridiculous to call him underrated because yeah. he's Paul McCartney, but as a bass player, he is right. underrated. Right. And, you know, um, back when we were a cover band, uh, trying to learn Beatles tunes and just, it, it used to drive me crazy, but in a good way. Um, and I think I've picked up some of the style because you listen to a McCartney uh, bass line, even, you know, the simple stuff, um, or I'm sorry, not the simple stuff, but the basic uh, playing back in the, in the early 60s on those songs, he, he would never play the same thing twice. It was yeah. always playing to complement the, the feel of the song. Um, so depending on what part of the song, so uh, sometimes it would, uh, depending on, you know, if the song was you know, coming into a slowdown or just, you know, feeling a little sweeter, he would maybe play less notes, um, and just, you know, meanwhile, keeping time beautifully the whole time. So, um, he's, yeah. he's a huge influence and someone that I, I guess I try to, to mimic as much as possible. Any That's thoughts it. on, any thoughts on Phil Lesh? Well, he's got a sound that's, uh, it's just, it's too, uniquely his sound. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've, I don't know how many times have we've seen the Grateful Dead. We, we probably saw him like eight or nine times, um, and yeah, it's just, just unbelievable the sound he has. Um, I just recently um, got a, a custom guitar built, um, custom bass built, where I could potentially replicate some of his sound because he just had a tone that was different than any other bass player. Um, but yeah, I, I do like his bass playing as well, but I wouldn't say that he was an influence as much as just, um, you know, just one of those icons that were out there for bass playing. Yeah, he's going to be playing at... Uh... There's like, I think they're calling it the Skull and Roses Festival in Ventura coming up. It might be my last chance to see Phil live, you know, and it's about, it's like 170 bucks for the tickets. I got to decide, you know, Yeah. Is it, is it worth one? Yeah. But that's, I mean, I, I saw Dead and Company at Dodger Stadium in great seats just before the pandemic or slightly less than that. But then again, festival versus one. Act. Right. How, how was that as far as, uh you know the john mayer thing well can you make comparisons back to the original dead yeah i saw the grateful dead seven times and um there are various offshoots i saw the other ones twice i think and uh the dead saw once and then uh then dead and company i saw the one time um He's probably my favorite of the guitar oh i saw warren haynes one time that was he was he did a good job too I mean, all the different Jerry substitutes have their different pluses and minuses, I guess. Yeah. Trey did a really good job at that fairly well, I thought. I don't know if you saw or heard any of that, but... Uh, no, I, no thought... I didn't, but I could imagine where he would be a great, you know... Yeah. Seems natural yeah. fit. Yeah, natural. He spent a long time learning all the Jerry stuff right beforehand, you know, for, for months, I think. Well, just back to these basses, just for one second. It's like, what about these like virtuosos? Like the bass as a feature instrument, sort of like um, Les Claypool. I was about to Al say Primus. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's uh, a that, that, that's a unique um, juxtaposition well, you, in the band. Isn't coming it? from coming from Dayton too, that's the land of funk, which right. makes it the land of bass. Yep. <laughs> Do you have any local bass influences? No, not really. The uh... Because you're not, yeah, you're not what I pictured when I heard Dayton Band. Tom is the one who knocks. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, 
Yeah. And you're not the Deal Sisters. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well, they're from Dayton, huh? They are. They yeah. are. No, so, as far as oh, uh, Kim Deal. That's another. Oh yeah. 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 Local bass players, you know, not not really. Um, you know, the interesting is, I, I years ago, I don't know, in the early '80s, I bought a, a used acoustic 360 bass amp, and or mine's a 370, and uh, it was actually u- used by one of the funk bands in town and the guy i bought it from said yes the guy brought it in here it fell in the truck going to a gig and he brought it in here to have it fixed i've had it for two years and never you know, came back for it yeah the sign says after 30 days you know and so because i figured after two years because i told him i said any used equipment so i picked it up so i still have it i i, I tend to keep all the equipment that i buy yeah so i still got that uh from, from way back when, but it's, it's got a history and, and, you know, who knows how many shows it's been to, cause it, it was road hard and put away wet many a time. I mean, you could yeah. just see the wear it had, but it sounded, it was a great sound and uh, bass amp, but you must uh, mention uh, Les Claypool. Um, he did something with uh, Lennon's kid. Yeah. Um, I love oh. that. Delirium. 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 And that's some really awesome stuff. John I like that more than um, than Claypool's uh, you know band, his own band. Yeah, that together, I thought it was just a great combination. I like uh, Oysterhead too. That's him, Stuart Copeland, and Trey Anastasio. Oh wow, I haven't, I haven't heard any of that yet. Have to check it's, that out. Uh, it's from about two thousand two or so, something like that. Cool. Well, Jeff, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about drummers who who uh, are tasked with having to. You know, sing. carry out to sing while they're drumming. I mean, that—that's the ultimate multitasking. It seems like it seems like you really foul yourself up. You know, if you if you don't keep time right, or vice versa. But Phil yeah. Collins put the sticks down, right? He did. Well, home. he had to. He's got some back injury problems. Yeah, yeah. but so, you know, singing and playing drums to me—it's when I was growing up. I had a drum teacher. Uh, I took about a year's worth of lessons, and the teacher always told me, he said, "If you can sing." This part, you can play this part. So, you know, oh, I can play that, you know. And so I just learned to to play by being able to sing the parts that I was supposed to play. So it just kind of came naturally to somebody said, oh, can you sing? Singing what you play is one thing, but singing different words on top of that is a totally different thing, isn't it? Well, what's really hard is playing one rhythm with the drums, but singing a different rhythm over top of that. That's where it right. gets a little complicated. Uh, that right up there with patting your head and rumming your stomach? It's a lot like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't do that, but I can sing and play. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a unique skill. I mean, I couldn't imagine, I don't know, Keith Moon trying to sing while he was doing what he was doing. I mean, <laughs> well, he was a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, I could imagine him doing anything, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he'd give it a college try, but I don't, I don't know how good he would be doing it. He's good yeah. at, but um, yeah. he has a few tunes. They're they're not the classics. You know, you guys were talking about uh, the funk scene in town, and uh, Tom was talking about buying that instrument. I used to work at a local music store back when Zap was very active. Zap's and, huge, uh, Dayton. Yep, funk. and those guys would bring keyboards in off the road, and it looked like they just took a hammer to them. I mean, it's like. What did you guys do to this thing? It's a keyboard, you know. It's, it's not a piece of wood. 
uh, they would just come in destroyed. And we'd send them back to the factory, get them put back together, and send them off again. It was amazing. That's awesome. Those guys were hard on gear, though. Mm. So, like, uh, they were almost like casualties of war, I guess. You know, the, the concerts were so, you know, out of control, I guess. They, or is it just from moving them? Well, it could, it could have been uh, maybe they didn't have the most high-quality roadies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, you um, could have just dropped them a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. Maybe they fell while playing. Well, I sent a PC to North Carolina the other day, and when it when it arrived, it was the box was open and the chassis was bent on it, and I had gotten insurance on it and everything. But you know that happens. Has it worked? <laughs> well, now you got something, Aaron? Yeah, I, I got notes on some of the songs. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought th- I thought maybe Freedom Blues was the most intriguing of them, <laughs> and uh, that's uh, I think that showcased the drums more than any of the other songs. And it starts out kind of, it's like psychedelic and up-tempo. And um, then there's this bridge with drums and a slide guitar. And then the vocals come back and they're like more spacey. I don't know. <laughs> and then there's a raging guitar solo. It goes almost to the end. And then it, and then there's a reprise of the, of the beginning. I, 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 that was, I, I dug that one, I think. That and, raging uh, guitar solo was like one take. Excellent. That was unbelievable. A lot of the best ones are, I think. That was, it was unbelievable. I turned around in my chair like, what? <laughs> and um, smoke was rising up out of the thing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and um, there's, the, I don't know about the subtext of the lyrics. It could be taken any number of ways. There's ambiguity there. It could be taken as like a, a pro-choice message or it could be taken as an anti-vax message. It seems like if it could be co-opted by anyone almost that wanted that wanted it on their side back to the other uh, so, what about love <laughs> um, covid vaccines are now the pro choice issue yeah. yeah so that that song um was written back in probably 20- long before yeah oh yeah it was 2014 and you know it's just um i i've always um you know really mm-hmm. tried to you know be a student of our, of our country of the history you know and and you know just what did our founders you know originally say and whatnot and so that's what I was basically when I, when I wrote those lyrics was, you know, people kind of with well, what about love, you know, people aren't paying attention and people want to, you know, snap at each other, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, what it comes down to, you got to pay attention and, you know, you got to participate. And so you get sick of hearing people complaining, but, you know, sometimes you ask them, did you go vote? Yeah. No. Well, it's like, you know, come on, you know, don't give up your right to choose. You know, you need to, you need to participate, you need to vote. So that's where that came from. And then you got to be part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to be part of the solution, you can be part of the process. So, and then as far as the music, uh, something I cooked up, I, I dreamed, you know, the, the, the beginning part of it. And then Jeff had that idea to have that, that middle passage that we did. And then, you know, we sort of came, you know, like you said, when we come back to, you know, strong at the end or whatever, but it was sort of a collaboration at that point where we went into that, that middle piece and then of course, you know, perfect for a, a nice guitar solo because, you know, that came at the end of the album. Um, of course we placed it at the end of the album, but it was written near the end of that first album. Um, and we realized, you know, we, we all love guitar players and, you know, and we had gotten to the point where we're just, we're, we're trying to get, you know, nice constructed songs, but why don't we let loose? And so that was kind of the genesis of that, that song is let's go ahead and take this one and expand and, and let loose a little bit and, have some fun. Yeah, it was a it was a fun song. Instant replay. I, I like all the uh, homages or nods to all the other bands. It starts out with the ACDC uh, 
American Thighs thing, uh, the Bad Company nod. I think it, the guitar licks are kind of cat scratch feverish, maybe. And then uh, I like the piano fills in that one. And then it's got the Eagles harmonies. Was that like a Jimmy Page whole lot of love airplane sound somewhere in there going? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was another fun one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun song to do. It really, and every every time we play it, it's fun. I mean, it's just there's all little innuendos in there, and uh, sitting mm-hmm. on a beach and in a, in a, in, or sitting in a tub on a beach in the sun. You know, that's straight from a TV yeah. commercial that we're right. aware of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just a fun song. Got your side by side tubs holding hands. On that's it, it. like yep. you do. That's it. Yeah, the picking up the pieces. That one's where the real Bob Dylan nods seem. I think the guitar in the beginning is like tangled up in blue, and then there's the organ teasing positively Fourth Street or something. Um, and then I think that one I like the the there were either bongos or congas, some kind of extra percussion going on. Congas, congas. That was pretty cool. I think the other songs we mostly talked about. Nine Mile Road is kind of a pop country Eaglesy thing. Uh, the chorus had a, like an already gone vibe to it. That was that was a good one. When this um, band actually, when we started, um, we we looked around at what you know, what are people in town playing, uh, mm-hmm. and where can we kind of fit into what's going on? And we we chose the southern rock thing for a couple sure. of reasons. First of all, we all love southern rock. We grew up with it, mm-hmm. um, and we're huge Allman Brothers fans. Skinner. Okay. Uh, you know, all this, all the stuff, Blackberry Smoke, there's some great stuff out there. So we kind of went, started down that path uh, when we first started playing. And so some of those songs hearken to that because we wanted to kind of stay in that vein. Uh, that's thus where the, the Southbound name came from. Um, but when we released our first album, we pretty quickly realized that Southbound's really not a great name for us because you go look up Southbound, there's got to be 150 of them. There's a million of them. Uh, and you couldn't find our music amongst all the other stuff out there. So we thought we've got to rebrand and rethink this thing. If we're going to keep going, which we clearly are doing, uh, we got to rethink this. So now, now you can only be mixed up with like the, the finger lakes in New York. Our practice space. Is that like Ludlow garage? Kind of where, where the uh, Almond brothers recorded the album. Yeah. What, <laughs> what did bring you to uh, Ludlow Creek? Well, it, it is the actual creek that runs behind our practice yeah, space. I, I think there is an actual Ludlow Creek around Dayton, yeah. Yeah, there's one in New York, too. We kept running into it. <laughs> yep. What is um, Ludlow Avenue? That's what I thought when I saw it. It's down Ludlow here in Clifton? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other, other song I wanted to note was uh, She's My Baby. Yep. It's uh-huh. got kind of a, a lion eyes vibe to it, I think. And But I like the, the chorus with all the numbers, where the, the 16, mostly 16, yeah, and there's like a 24 and a 365 in there, but it had a really good acoustic guitar solo in it. I liked in that too. Yeah, let me throw another band out there. We've been referencing band. What about this? You might find this off the wall, and you might not have thought about it. What about like Fleetwood Mac? I hear a little Fleetwood Mac in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah, kind of undercurrent. And you definitely, I do want to impress with the guys bringing up all these different band influences. It's still a unique sound. Oh yeah, the, the Lindsey Buckingham sound kind of reminds me of a mandolin, really. Mm. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, his playing style—he—he—he he, he has a very unique playing style. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad that he uh, is not with Fleetwood Mac right now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, that that's 
terrible. I heard, and it's not, I heard an interview with him and, and he's open to coming back, but uh, of course the other side is not. Is that the one where he was talking about, uh, was he the one that got shot? No. After the plane crash? No, no, no. You're thinking of Artemis Pyle. Okay. From Leonard Skinner. Yeah. yeah. I get Leonard Skinner. And, you that know, was I a good know. interview. That guy. I'm not as much of a music person. I'm more of a, a written word books person. That's why you're hearing a lot of the music questions from Philip and, and Aaron. Yeah. I'm more, it, it's kind of um, like Dave said, the listen versus hear. But you're getting to be more of a music, like well, with the yeah. Weird Al thing. Yeah. You're getting to be more of a music right, person. Right. So. <laughs> but yeah. Well, so we should sit. We I should love that accordion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually <laughs> took it's um, not only do we share a birthday, but um, after the music teacher told my mother that I had absolutely zero musical talent and that when they sang in class, I was uh, it was suggested that I, I sing very quietly. <laughs> um, and she's right. Uh, but uh, you said I said you're I, like I literally you said you're I literally mean, tone deaf. Yes, yes, I believe I, I really am. It triggers her misophonia. Um, uh, yeah, well, there's this thing, I don't know if you've heard of it, called misophonia. <laughs> and it's I'm this thing where that. you have an intolerance to certain sounds. Yeah. Um, and there is therapy that you can do to get over it. Uh, I haven't found anyone who can give me direction on that as of yet. But there are certain things like certain instrumentals um, in music. uh, What is it? uh, Like especially chewing sounds and just certain sounds like a person might make even um, unconsciously. And they trigger something in my brain. And this is a thing. They've even done like MRI studies. So the, the music, this, the name of it, misophonia, is very unfortunate. You know, when people name things, they need marketing. Like, for instance, uh, global warming needed marketing to name for the name. She because the it, name gets in the way. She says it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. I call it lisophonia. Yeah. Because every time I want to listen no. to some music. Misophonia. T- <laughs> misophonia is just awful. Okay. It really is, but it, sure it is. it's actually the, the scientific name for it. Me so far. I, get, yeah. I, get, I get what you're saying. But it's, like, it's an unfortunate Yeah, I see name. what you're saying, though. It's also a good soup. A good what, Aaron? <laughs> Miso is a good soup as well. Yes, yes. Miso soup is good. I agree. Oh, now I want Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. But yeah. what about, let's go ahead and go round the room here and like lisa do you have any final questions for the gang here for Ludlow um, Creek? um I, I do have one question uh, do you all have careers that you have to deal with while doing the, your music or are you just are you able to just do the music now i'll Jeffrey? let tom take that one I, i'm still working a, a little um, close to retirement but uh okay. still working a little uh, so too. I actually spend more time working on Ludlow Creek these days than I do uh, real work. Okay. Cool. Michelle, Tom? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, based, you know, following what Jeff was saying, that we're really going for, at this point, our, our second careers, meaning, you know, you grow up, you're a kid, you love music, and, you know, you you want to try to play as much as you can. Yeah, I want to be a rock star, you know, and, um you do some gigging and whatnot, then, you know, life gets in the way and you get a real job, et cetera, et cetera. So 
we've all dabbled in it. And, you know, then recently when this band came together, when Southbound came together, we realized after, you know, doing so many, you know, cover shows and whatnot, we started to write our own music and wow, we're actually able to do this. The fans really like it. Um, We're starting to get some good feedback. And so now we're getting this opportunity as we get later in life. So many, many years after you dreamed about it when you were a kid, um, that we, we now have an opportunity to have this second career. So I think we're all in various states of leaving the workaday life. And will we be able to do this, quote unquote, full time or as our second career? It's, well, I guess we're about to find out. So, Dave, did you want to yeah, add that? Or? I'll just say, yeah, Alan and I both are still plugging away at work for now, but we're slowly but surely uh, reaching the finish line. And uh, same as Jeff, and hopefully yeah. we'll all be able to dedicate more time. Sure. To- is your work related to uh, to music as well? No, not not at all. Um, okay. Although we try to make it as as related as possible by talking about it as much as we can. <laughs> <laughs> you ever uh, you ever do Im- impromptu concerts at work with Alan? Uh, no, we don't. Alan, actually, we don't work together. Um, oh, okay. we, I was about to say, did you work together? I thought you did for some reason. We work for the same, uh, we're employed by the same company. Okay, yeah. The company did uh, do a feature on us in, in one of their newsletters. Uh, oh, neat. A couple years back, kind of told the whole story of, of us being guitar players and working together and, and all that stuff. It was it was kind of nice. That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. I, I worked with a guy one time. He was a stand-up comic. And, you know, apparently he was pretty good. And... Um, you know, other people at work talked about him and everything, but never said two words hardly. You know, he'd be on an elevator with, yeah, like he saved it all for his act, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I, I know from listening to comedians on podcasts, they don't want people from their office going to their show. Yeah, I can. I get it. I get that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. tell people too much about the podcast at work. A couple people, Nick. Yeah. You know, I don't talk. Yeah, too much and about there's it. a there's at least three people there that have told them they've started listening. Yeah, yeah. but you know, what if the CEO starts Nate. listening and he hears, <laughs> he hears me say, you don't really say anything about work. Well, if I do, I edit it out later. Right. But. Right. <laughs> there you go. You have the power, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, do you have any final thoughts for Leather? Um. No, I think I've, you know, everything in my notes is pretty much out there. Yeah, yeah. you really gave a lot of honor to the, the music. Yeah, there was a lot of good notes mm-hmm. there, I thought. Yeah. 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 yeah, I listened to everything I found, like, last night and this morning, so it's all fresh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think as we go out, I'm going to play the song that you uh, that you mentioned before, the Freedom Blues. But before we do that, cool. is there, you got an album coming up, right? Any yes. social so, media or anything you want to plug? You certainly want to check out, uh, they certainly want to check out Stony Lonesome Road uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, that's a track off the upcoming record. Right. Um, and we're, we'll be, we'll start uh, promoting that. I think Tom, I, I think we're going to start promoting that here shortly. We're just, we just finished, ma- uh, just finished mixing uh, stuff's headed to the mastering uh, guy and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Awesome. And your website is, Ludlowcreek.com. That's That's easy to remember. Are you (laughs) on uh, any of the other platforms? Uh, Facebook. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Find us on uh, YouTube. I'll be looking for you down at the ballpark. Thank you for joining us today. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Good luck. 
Yeah, Good thank you. We appreciate you talking to us. Yeah, sure. we'll see you out there. social twitter yeah uh-huh pod instagram yeah uh-huh pod facebook yeah uh-huh pod website www.yeah-uh-huh.com so let us know hit us back have a great week hey.